If you are saved, if you're clinging on to that hope of salvation, if you're putting faith in that, if you're holding on to the promises that Jesus has given to us through Scripture, He is very interested in your life. He that is down needs fear no fall. He that is low, no pride. He that is humble ever shall have God to be his guide. Let's humble ourselves to the Lord. Let's submit to what the Lord has called us to do. And let the Lord be the guide of our lives so we personally don't have to fear the fall of our pride. Real fast, Pastor Michael, how long do you want me to speak for, please? Uh, What time should I... Stop. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll give you a signal. You give me a signal. All right, all right, I'm just saying. Okay, so, um, hey, I want to say it's a privilege and an honor to be here with you guys tonight. You are part of one of probably the greatest groups that I've seen so far. All right, let me just tell you, you guys have some awesome... I know I met Pastor Mike and Rachel met a little bit ago, but then a few weeks ago I got to hang out with them a little bit. I was spoiled able to go to conference with these guys. Um, but you guys, their heart is for you guys to keep serving Jesus. Their heart is passionate about you guys. Just, hey, stay focused, get saved, get other people saved, because that's the most important thing. So you have awesome pastors, and I'm sure the leaders like are, agree with this. So can I just, for one moment... I'm going, to count, I'm going to count to three. And I want you guys, as their students, to show them how much you love them. Now, let me tell you something, okay? I'm not asking you like to like go there and give them a hug, although people would say, yo, when I was a youth pastor, go give PJ a hug because you don't like him. You know, because it's true. I don't like hugs from people, all right? But this is what I'm going to say. If you truly think they're pretty awesome, and even the leaders that you have, I want you to make as much noise as possible. All right. Act as if like if you're watching your, your football game uh, team, whatever, because let me tell you, not many adults care about you like these leaders do. So on the count of three, make some noise for your youth pastors and all the leaders that are here tonight with you. Let's go. One, two, three. Let's go. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Um, so, as I said, I was a youth pastor for 14 years. I'm sorry, over, a little over 15 years. And God called me to the ministry because I realized when I was in 11th grade that God wanted me to say, hey, students, the best decision you could ever make is to follow Christ. Hands down. Hands down. It's not, it's not oh, should I try out for the football team or should I try out for track? It's not that. It's not, oh man, should I try out for the, for the school play or should I do it and you fill in the blank. The greatest decision you will ever make is if you decide to to follow Christ. That's it. That's it. And when I was a youth pastor, I loved ministry. I love students because you guys rock. Don't you guys students are pretty awesome? Okay, I mean a handful of you. Okay, I mean the rest of you hate being a student. All right, like teenagers are the best at calling out a hypocrite. Truth, truth. All right, teenagers are best. When they have a vision and passionate about something, they get it done. Okay? That's why y'all get in trouble being stubborn at mom and dad sometimes. Because you want to get done what you want to get done. Alright? So, check it out. But, when we play games as youth group, we would always want to see how to, like, if you saw someone, if someone was to win, 
we needed the students to say to make as much noise as possible to see if they won that game. Because it's very hard sometimes as leaders, like who's the best at everything you know. So we have you guys vote. So tonight I'm going to be talking about making some noise. Um, so I need you guys to make noise if you really love the item or subject that I name. Not complicated. Y'all just made a lot of noise for youth pastors and leaders, okay? So check it out. So if you love, like for instance, if you love McDonald's, make noise. Okay, okay. No, hey, 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 if you don't, if you don't, don't, if you don't, don't make it, okay? Because that's really stupid, all right? Make noise if you love sports. Got some athletes in the house, all right? Um, make some noise if you love pizza. Alright, how about pineapple on your pizza? Yeah! <laughs> wow! Right. Pepperoni lovers? Pepperoni pizza? Wow, okay. Well, hands down, pineapple here. How about some fried chicken? Okay. How many guys love to listen to music? Any video game? Freaks out there. Okay. Now, how about it? Make some noise if you're excited that summer is only two, two months away. All right, all right. And finally, make some noise for God's holy chicken, Chick fil A. So, I love making noise as you guys do. For the things that we love about, that we love the most, right? I love, I love having a good time. I love just being loud and, and, and just because if my friends want to be loud, let's be loud. I remember a time I was youth pastor in Virginia Beach and I took the guys out to a uh, minor league baseball, I'm sorry, baseball game. And man, it was the Norfolk Tides. I can't tell you a player on the team. I can't tell you their stats. All I can tell you is that we just went to the baseball game. All right. And I, I just have a good time. Well, little did I know when we got to the game, one of the guys stepped up and said, hey, let's paint our chests. And I'm like, we're in the parking lot of the game. And now you're telling me you want to paint our chest. Yeah, let's paint it white and blue and put the name of it and let's do it all. And I even got blue spray. Now, Pastor Michael, if your students put you up to the test, you know, like, I don't know about you, but when a student says, let's do that, yeah, guess what? You do. I did it. I did it. All right. And we did it and we had a blast. But man, we had so much fun. We walked, and we walked into that joint like, that's right. We like the Norfolk Tides. You know, like, well, again, I had no clue who they were, who, like, a team member or whatever. Like, I just, it was a good time. Okay? Can I challenge us tonight to only make noise for the things that really matter? To only make noise for the things that really count? Because the Norfolk Tides had no clue Joe Callie dressed up like an idiot. They had no clue that all these other guys with him, like, were even there. Do you understand? There is one who knows everything about you. There is one, the Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, I don't know about you, but I never counted all the hairs on my head. It'd take you forever. And I don't know, I'm, and I'm, I mean, I have five kids of my own, four of them with me here tonight, but I love them dearly, but guess what? 
I am not taking the time to count their hair. I love them. That's a little cray cray. So like, my idea is this. God loves you so much that He can tell you, yeah, you have 1,475,000 whatever piece of hair on your, on your head. God loves you so much that the Bible says before you were even formed in your mother's womb, He had a plan. There's a destiny. So I was a youth lot missionary since 2019. My goal and my desire is that every student across Pennsylvania and Delaware starts making noise about Jesus Christ on their school campus. They stop, they stop being so worried about being the captain of the football team, getting the lead part on the school play. They stop being so worried about being the most popular. They stop being, stop being so worried about, I need my straight A's, I need to get my, man, I don't know, I don't know what goes on in this school system, but man, the school system where I was at, students would graduate like a 4.5, 4.9, like over a hundred. Like, I don't understand how that's possible. But some students like, man, I need to, any, any scholarly students in the house like that tonight? Scholarly students? Like, go above the 4.0 status? Okay? Some of you are like, oh. <laughs> Uh, we might be, are we dealing with the B squad here? Is that what we got? Uh, all right. But like, but like, can we get teenagers? Listen up. Can we get teenagers? Can we get teenagers that say, you know what? Like I'm looking at tonight. There's a packed house. Probably most of you already know who Jesus is. Probably most of you already gave your heart to Christ. Okay? But there are still students in your schools that have not heard about Jesus Christ. And I get it. Some of you guys got saved last year. Some of you might have gotten saved five years ago. Some of you guys have been saved like five years old. Like I grew up in a Christian home as well. So, but like some of you like might have gotten saved last week. I have no clue who you are and where you came from. But I also get the fact that we're 2,000 years far removed from what Jesus did on the cross. And sometimes... Sometimes because we're so far removed, we really don't understand the impact of what Jesus really went through. The fact that Jesus was whipped over and over again, 39 times. The fact that he had a crown of thorns placed on his head that were two to three inches long. The fact that he got punched in the face. The fact that he never did anything wrong in his life. He never committed a murder. He never stole anything from anybody. He never lied to his mama. He like he didn't do anything wrong. And the Romans came and arrested him. The Romans took him. They destroy, destroyed his physical body so bad. The Bible says that his own mother couldn't recognize his face. Think about that. Now, I know he's not here right now with you, like, like beaten like that. I know we're not seeing it. Have you guys seen movies about it or whatever? I know it's been 2,000 years ago, but let me tell you something. It still happened. You know, I was reading something, uh, someone's post. Some young man, a preacher wrote why he believes Christianity has to be real. Because every one of the disciples that saw Jesus get crucified and then also um, also raised from the dead, every one of those disciples, except for John, every one of them was killed 
because they refused to denounce that Jesus was the Son of God. But however, people today, would you stand behind a lie so much so that you would actually give up your life for it? Those disciples realized they, they saw Jesus. They saw what he went through. And he rose from the grave and they understood that they had to keep telling people about Jesus. So Jesus went to the cross, right? He got the nails put in his hands and his feet, right? He was placed in a tomb. Like this is a man who like within six hours being on the cross, he was dead. In Roman times, in those times, in crucifixion, it took someone three to four days to die hanging on the cross. But Jesus, just four to six hours. That's how bad he bled. That's how bad he was beaten. Could you imagine being one of the disciples at that time, seeing this like, wow, this man, I just, he raised people from the grave. He healed the blind. And now he's up on the cross and he's dead. The crazy thing is what I find in Matthew is when the disciples, I mean, when, the, when the religious leaders saw Jesus die, they went back to the Roman centurions. They went back to Pontius Pilate and they said, please, can we secure the tomb where Jesus is going to go? Because we're afraid that something's going to happen. We're afraid someone's going to take his body. We're afraid he's going to get out of that tomb. Friends, Jesus' body was beaten so bad and yet the religious people were still scared of what Jesus was going to do. Let that sink in. The world understands that there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. The world understands that Christianity is on its own level. It's not like every other religion. So these Roman centurions said, sure, Pontius Pilate said, sure, yeah, you get it. We'll secure the tomb as much as possible. As secure as possible. He says, I'll send you a squad of soldiers. Now, a squad of soldiers meant that at least three, three centurions would be standing in front and they would clock out every four hours. A fresh, fresh crew, a fresh crew, a fresh crew every four hours because they didn't want anything to happen to the body of Jesus. They didn't want anyone to come and touch the stone. They wanted the stone to come. Like They needed to make sure that Jesus' body was not going anywhere. Now, friends, I don't know, but it doesn't make sense. Why am I going to waste taxpayers' money? Why am I going to waste money, period, for the centurions to be out there? And understand, the centurion understood that if the body of Jesus was to disappear, it was his life and his family's life. And then when we find in Matthew chapter 28, we find something totally should not have happened. But we're going to read it here for real fast. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 1. It says this. After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and other Mary went to look at the tomb. 
there was a violent earthquake. Everyone, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards who were around the tomb were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, don't be afraid. For I know you're looking for Jesus who's crucified. He's not here. He's risen. But just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. I said, then go quickly and tell his disciples. Everybody say tell. Tell your disciples because he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Friends, on that Sabbath, an angel came down. The stone rolled away. And Jesus was no longer in the tomb. Now, I don't know about you. Like, how many guys like to trash talk in the joint? Anybody like to trash talk? Basketball, football, play? Like, I play basketball, and man, I hated to trash talk, but I couldn't stand when someone trash talked me. When someone talked smack to me, man, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to get even so bad. Sometimes I did, sometimes I wasn't able to. Man, I just, oh, it irks me so bad when people trash uh, talk trash. So, here we have... The angel on the tomb, the soldiers, the Bible says they shook like dead men. These soldiers who were big and bad were all of a sudden, boom, laid out, right? Now, and then Jesus comes out of the tomb. So I just think, I just really think that when Jesus walked out of that tomb, I don't think he just like walked out and like, and just went on with life. I got to think, if I was Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, I get it. But if I was just dead, and I just came back to life, I mean, I know I'm the boss. I know I am God, right? I am Jesus. I am the Son of God. Like, I know that. But like, getting up, and then walking out of that tomb, and looking at those four guards that were just literally watched me die, they might have been the ones that whipped me, they might have been the ones that punched me, that, that one might have punched me in the face. Like if I was Jesus, I would have gotten all down like, ha ha, sucker, you thought you had me. Ha ha, yeah, right, I told you I was going to live. I told you, stop it. I told you couldn't touch this. I told you I was going to come back. Because let me tell you, Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave and is still alive today. And he, th- the angel told Mary, Mary, go and tell people. Friends, she ran and she told people. She told the disciples. The disciples didn't believe her. Then he went. The disciples went to go look. And then they found this guy who was supposed to be a gardener when it was really Jesus. They walked with Jesus. And then they found out, oh snap, it's Jesus I'm walking with. And then when they found out that this was literally Jesus, guess what they did? They went and they told everybody else, yo disciples, check it out. Jesus is really alive. Friends, can I tell you, Jesus Christ in Matthew 28, which you read up there before... uh, my man, where's he at? Hayden. Hayden. You read you read the text, Matthew 28. That was the word of Jesus. Jesus telling his disciples, every follower that was there that day says, go and make disciples. In Mark chapter 16, it says, go and preach the gospel. Why do you think 
Jesus is telling him to do that? Because it's the greatest message to be told. Salvation. People getting saved. And because they went and told people, guess what? We're still, we're still commissioned to go and tell people. That's the text that we read up there. It doesn't say if you're a pastor, if you're an evangelist, or if you're a missionary, go tell someone. Jesus is looking at every Christian saying, go and tell people. Friends, in Youth Alive, we need you to go and tell other students. We need you teenagers, middle school and high school students, going after people, making noise for Jesus in your school, getting Bible clubs started. If there's Bible clubs already involved, uh, already started, get involved with them. Start prayer times around your huddles. Start, start doing something. Pray around your flagpole. Pray around your school. Make noise for Jesus on your campus. Some of you guys in the house, you might be homeschooled. Well, guess what? Your school system is still one of the most highly trafficked places in your community. You guys spend 50% of your awake time in, on school property. Eight out of ten Christian adults got saved before they graduated high school, making your school the greatest mission field right now. Going to Africa to go help build a well, that's cool. But that costs a lot of money to go out to Africa. It doesn't cost you a dime to go to school. So my challenge to you guys is to look at your school as a mission field. Don't look at it as it just going to school. Because let me tell you, it's going to stink going to school. Don't look at you like graduating high school, I'm just going to get a job. No, man. Everything you do, make sure you follow the words of Jesus, Matthew 28. Go and tell people. Everything you do through the lens. Hey, if I'm going to be an accountant, I'm going to go share Jesus with my accountant firm. If I'm going to, if I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do, whatever, I'm going to be a sports player, whatever, I'm going to be a musician, whatever you do. If you're going to be a, a straight A student, do it. But as, look for opportunities to share Jesus. We help students all across Pennsylvania and Delaware start Bible clubs. We have a handful of students that jumped on our Zoom calls a, a year ago. And they said, man, because of the Zoom calls, I started a virtual club when you guys all were like on house arrest. Um, and then, uh, so they did that. And then they do, and they, they decided to start an in-person Bible club. And within two months, they had 37 kids out to their Bible club. Okay. There's one student in Hamburg, PA, that he came to our workshop at Winter Retreat. Did you guys go to Winter Retreat? Okay. Um, at Winter Retreat this past year, he went home, he went to his school, and he decided to start his own Bible club. He got all of our Youth Alive resources, and he started his club. His very first club meeting, he had 80 students show up. Wow. Like, this is stuff I can't do. Your youth pastor can't do. Pastor Mike cannot go into your local schools like, I'd like to start a Bible club. <laughs> they're going to throw him out as fast as possible. And they're going to mark his name. Don't let that guy in again. Okay? But like us adults, all the leaders, they love you like crazy, but they can't do what you guys can do. You guys have so much influence in the school system. Start using it to talk about Jesus. 
Start using it to share your faith because it's the greatest message ever to be told. The Bible says in Ephesians that we are made alive in Christ when we get saved. Do you understand that? Like, we weren't made to get saved and then just go to church on Wednesday night and go to church on Sunday and just do our Christian deeds. We were made to be alive. To be excited. I painted the picture of the cross. I painted the picture of the resurrection because it's so far removed. I'm telling you, it's time to be alive. It's time to wake up. Any baseball players in the house? Okay. Any, any, any baseball players that play in the outfield? Okay. I played, ba- I played baseball when I was eight years old. I stopped when I was in high school. But I'll tell you what, watching a full game of baseball can be very boring. Playing a full game of baseball can be very boring. My man says, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I remember when I was 11 years old, I had a coach. Her name was Maggie. We used to call her Mags. Okay? She was like five foot nothing. Alright? But man, she was a spitfire. She was like one of those coaches that the parents either loved her or hated her. They loved her because she pushed the kids to become a better baseball player. They hated her because they pushed their kids too hard to become a better baseball player. But man, she was one of my favorite coaches. And I played in the outfield. I started out in right field, where we all start probably in the outfield if you're not that good, okay? But I started in right field, and there were times in the game that, like, I'm over here in right field, and the bench, uh, the 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 fan bench is right there, and the snack bar is right over there. I remember many times being out in that outfield, because again, eleven year, like, seriously, an eleven year old baseball game, it's going to take a while to play. All right, it's going to take a while. All right. Um, so like I'm out there in the outfield and the pitchers are pitching and stuff like that. But man, sometimes I'm in the outfield, I got my glove, I'm ready. And then all of a sudden you get a whiff of that hot dog. Okay. Now, if you like me, I smell the hot dog. I'm like, mm, that smells good. And then I start thinking, man, I can't wait till this game's over. I hope I get a hot dog. I hope mom and dad give me a hot dog, you know? And I'm like, oh wait, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm playing baseball. I'm playing baseball. And then all of a sudden I see a kid walk by. He's got an ice pop. Cotton candy, popcorn. I mean, good night. They're just having a blast over there. They're playing handball over there. They're playing basketball. Like, and I'm right here. I'm playing baseball. Very easy to get distracted. Very easy. So my coach was good. Like I said, she wanted us to become, she wanted us to play like, like championship baseball all the time. Alright? And she was good. And I said, she's five foot nothing. So she's funny to watch too, if you were, if you were a fan. Okay? But like, she would yell out. She would yell out from the from the bench. She would yell out, "Hey yo, hey yo, number two, number two, let's go, let's go." You know, she yell out, "Hey number four, look alive, look alive. Hey number five, look alive, look alive." And then all of a sudden, "Hey number hey forty two, look alive, look alive." I'm forty two. Oh, okay, yeah. And then sometimes like, oh, that cotton candy come. She said, "Yo, forty two, look alive, look alive." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm I'm playing baseball." 
And then all of a sudden, like, I keep on getting distracted. And I say, hey, yo, Joe, look alive, look alive. Joe, look alive, look alive. And then before I know it, she's running down the first baseline, looking at me, yelling, hey, Joe, look alive, look alive. Friends, can I tell you, it's time for you to look alive for Jesus. It's time for you to look at your school, look at the people that you're walking in the halls with, look in your school systems, look at your teachers, and man, what can I do to show them Jesus? How can I be alive on this school campus right now? Because God did not get you saved. You're not saved just because He wants you in heaven. You're saved to help others and point others to Jesus Christ. Going to heaven is going to be amazing. But don't you dare make your classmates' decisions for them. Give them an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Don't look down the, down the lunch table and say, man, whew, I know what they did last night. I don't want to be a part of that. I know, oh man, I, that guy right there, yeah, I know he's, he's a drug dealer. I know he's always selling, so I'm not going to talk to him. He don't want Jesus. How dare we? How dare we? Someone told you. And if not, someone invited you tonight. Because let me tell you, the Bible says in James chapter 4, your life is but a vapor. Here, one second, gone the next. You ever see one of those Windex bottles? Everybody clean your mom's windows or something like, you spray them, and that mist, that's how fast your life is. That's how fast your life is. Don't miss out on the opportunities. So Youth Alive, we have, like I said, tools to help you talk about Jesus. We have our Alive in Five cards, wristbands, um, all the gear that we put is to help you guys just talk about Jesus. Because that's all that's important. It's not your latest stats of, the, of what you did in school yesterday. It's not how many people liked your posts on Instagram or Snap or, or how many streaks you have going on and all that junk. Like, that's not, it's not worth it. The gospel is the most important thing. We do have monthly Zoom calls we do for all students that say they, they're a campus missionary. That you said, hey, I want to share Jesus this school year. That's simply straight. That's what a campus missionary is. I'm going to look for ways to share my faith, to talk about Jesus this school year. We've had these Zoom calls every month. We have a next one coming up on Monday, next Monday. Um, and I'm just, I, I love being a part of what God's doing across Pendel. I love hearing stories, what's going on in Delaware, what's going on in Pittsburgh, what's going on uh, in Eastern Philadelphia. I love what's going on. I just found out today, a young man who's going to be sharing on, on Monday. Um, I have him starting his Bible club at Valley View. How the school told him no on countless times. But he kept at it. He took all of his resources that we gave him and he went to the school system. He started finally launched his club. But the cool thing is that he didn't let that stop him from talking about Jesus. This whole year, he's been trying to push it. This whole year, he's been bold. He just shared with me today, he was able to see 16 students get saved this school year alone. This is stuff. 
This is stuff like, again, his youth pastor couldn't do it. He said he was able to share, uh, share about Jesus yesterday and the, the individual got saved yesterday. Like, so like, this is like, it's important. If you truly believe that Jesus paid the price for your sins and mine, that we can go to heaven and the heaven and that heaven is like the best place to go, then we should want to tell everybody. If we truly believe it. If we truly love my mom or my dad, or your, your mom or your dad, you know, if you truly believe and love your sister, your brother, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, if you truly believe that stuff, you would want to tell as many people as possible. As uh, Pastor Michael addressed this past year, we had youth convention at Kalahari and uh, we did a big campus missions call. A big call from the stage saying, hey, any students that want to be bold, and we declared them to become campus missionaries. We had about 800 students show up and come forward. 800 students saying, yes, I'm going to share my faith this year. We do it once a year here in Pendell. All right? And my goal is to keep, I want, I want to see more students. I mean, 800 students, that's pretty good. But there's 1.9 million high school and middle school students all across Pendell. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Like, I think, I, here's the thing. I think too many Christians, and not just students, have kind of like fallen asleep on the whole evangelism part. And we have to get it back kicked into gear to start being, you know what? It's time to look alive. It's time to walk around. Like, like I love being a Christian. I do. I really do. I, I love it. I love it because I know every day when I put my head on my pillow, I know my God loves me. I know that He helped me have another good day. I know that He forgave me of my sins. I know He's guiding me. And when I wake up in the morning, I love it because I know God gave me another day to live. And it's not just to live just to live, but it's to live with a purpose. And the purpose is to how do we keep growing in our faith? How do we keep going forward? Like, living for God is great. And I hope you believe that. I hope you understand that. It's the best life anybody can live on this side of eternity. It's the best life. It's the best life. And it's time to, let's walk like we like it. I know times are weird. I really do. I know, I know people in school are probably going to make fun of you if you're a Christian, depending on where you live. I know, I know, I know teachers will ridicule, ridicule you for believing in creationism over evolution. I get it. I know they'll look at you like, like you have four heads. You know what? And the idea is like, I don't care what they say about me. I'm going to serve God because I know my God. He's the author of my life. He's true. So, tonight, as we close, the Bible says in Romans 10, 14 through 15, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Friends, how can someone hear about Jesus if no one's telling them? But how can anybody tell them 
if you've never been commissioned to go tell. So tonight, I'm going to challenge you, before we get out of here, to tell somebody. To tell somebody. Because it's it's the command that Jews gave us. It's not a command that Joe Cal, your youth lab missionary, has given you. No, it's not. It's what God gave us. It's what God gave us. Before we get to that, Jesus died for you. And He cares about you. So if you're here in the room tonight, and you say, you know what? I never gave my life to Christ. I didn't realize Jesus literally died for me. I didn't realize He actually was placed in a tomb and He died for three days to pay the price for me. The Bible says that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for each of us. So if you're here tonight and you're like, man, you know what? Joe, I want to place my faith in that God. I believe in Jesus. The Bible says all we have to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and you shall be saved. So if you're here tonight, you know what, Joe? I believe in that man. I believe that Jesus died for me and I believe that he rose from the grave and I want to start living for God. If that's you here tonight, you've never done this before, I want you to lift your hand and say, I want to get saved tonight. Anybody? Just lift your hand. Okay. All right. So check it out. On the count of three. For all those in the house that would call yourself a Christian, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to stand to your feet, not because the person you're sitting next to is going to stand, not because it's just going to make you look good as a Christian. I want you to stand to your feet if you were at somehow, some way, Impacted or led by the Spirit as we were speaking, that it was like God speaking to you saying, yo, it's time for you to step up and share Jesus in school. It's not because of what I said, it's because God's pricking your heart. So on the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. If you're going to say, in front of your pastor, your pastor's wife and leaders, say, you know what? This year, this year, by the end of 2020, by the end of this school year, I'm going to share Jesus and make noise for Him in my school. Whatever that looks like, that's on you. However you're going to see fit. If you're going to start going to school with a perspective, okay, who can I talk about Jesus with? That's huge. Because that's more than what you did, did, didn't do yesterday. Alright? So on the count of three, if you're here, say, man, Joe, Pastor Mike, Rachel, and leaders... I'm going to share Jesus by the end of this school year. Because let me tell you, that invite night, Mike, another one, you're going, to have, you're going to have another one, right? Okay, that invite night, why can't we double? Why can't you double? Alright? We can make it happen, right? We can make it happen. But it's you, it's not, it's not Pastor Mike, it's not Rachel, it's, not, it's you. On the count of three, stand to your feet, I'm going to share Jesus by the end of this school year. One, two, three, stand to your feet right now. Praise God. There's God. Let's go. Let's go. Amen. Now listen. Now listen. Like it's cool. Because like we can stand. Like we can do this. Like oh yeah it's cool. Like the ones who stood first. Like initially. Bro. 
Sisters, get ready. Get ready. God is going to bring people to you. God is going to lead students to you because he's going to trust that you're going to talk to them about Jesus. Get ready, friends. Get ready. Students are going to get saved. You're going to lead others to Christ. Why can't you guys start another Bible club? Why can't you lead a whole football squad to Jesus? Why can't you? Friends, I believe in you so much. So get ready. And I'll say this too as I, as I pass it off. Students, hold each other accountable. Look around, students. Next week, ask your friends, Hey, who'd you talk to about Jesus? Hey, who'd you share your faith with? Hey, how are you making noise for Jesus on your school property? Encourage each other. I'm telling you, now is the time. Now is the time. And I'm super proud of you guys. If there's anything I can do, Pastor Mike's got my contacts. Follow the Pendel Youth Live on Instagram, whatever. But, uh, man, I'm excited. Pastor Michael, I can't say thanks enough, man, for letting me be a part here, man. You guys are killing it. And uh, you guys are an awesome group. Keep going after Jesus. Make the most noise for Jesus this school year. And watch, watch what God does for you and your family. Thank you. Hi, Pastor Mike here. Thank you for listening to the Morningstar Student Ministry Podcast. Whatever your age, my hope and prayer is that you grow a desire to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through these messages. For more information about the Morningstar Fellowship Student Ministry, or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, please visit www.mstarqtown.org and search MSTAR Students. God bless and have a great week.